0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to High Spirits. I'm Jay Steigman, and with me, as always, is my best pal, Noel Schmidt. That is right. Hey, bud, happy birthday. Oh, happy birthday to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we had some shenanigans. We did. We shenaned. And, and then and. we did it again. <laughs> <laughs> Ta-da. Uh, in case you guys don't realize, uh, Noel and I are Gemini twin. <laughs> Look out. Yep. (laughs) And we co-hosted a birthday party last night. We did. And it was a great time. I'm a little, little tired today. Yeah. And what better way to get untired than drinking booze and talking about ghosts? (laughs) I'm ready to go. I'm also really just hot. Yeah. Summer has hit the city of Chicago. It really has. I think we are in for a very hot, brutal, awful summer. I think so. Oh, hey, did I say what uh, High Spirits is? No. Oh, my gosh. Hey, everybody. High Spirits is a show in which my best pal and I uh, have some booze and we talk about ghosts, which we just kicked it off right there in the middle of things because before we turned uh, record on, we were doing those things. That's true. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is just about what we would probably normally do except for, (laughs) for some reason, we're podcasting it. Uh, One of our little shticks is that we are uh, sponsored by booze Mm -hmm. companies. Yes. They pay for this whole thing, you guys. Not true at all. I don't know. I mean, maybe someday. (laughs) Maybe I'm just keeping the checks. (laughs) What? I know. Uh, All right. Why am I buying all this wine all the time? Well, I don't buy my beer. Well, I didn't buy this wine. (laughs) No, you didn't. (laughs) This was a birthday present from um, our good friend and friend of the show, Ben. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Yeah. Um, It is called TAT, which stands for Tried and True. Tried and true table wine. Yeah. Um, it's a, He was like, I think you'd like this because it has a, skull, a skeleton on it. And I was like, you're totally right. Super on brand. Yeah. It's a, a skeleton uh, in a, uh, looking out on a starry night. It looks awesome. You know what? I should be drinking the session beer that he got me, which is super on brand for me. It's oh, very thoughtful. He is super thoughtful. It's like he almost knew... That we would drink this <laughs> Not together. Well played, Ben. Uh-huh. Well played. Uh, well, I am drinking Antihero this evening. Okay. Which is from um, my uh, a favorite sponsor of all, Revolution Brewing. Revolution Brewery. Thanks, guys, for uh, providing an Antihero beverage. Chicago's own. Yeah. Check out their tap room. It's great. Yeah, do it. Super fun. Well, why aren't you there now? No, no. Listen to this first and then go there. They can listen to it at Revolution. You can. That's true. You can play some games there. Yeah. Drink some beer. Sure. Listen to some high spirits. (laughs) (laughs) We're meant to be listened to at a brewery, is what we're saying. That is true. Mm -hmm. What you got going on today? Uh, Noel, I'm going to talk about, uh, Alistair Crowley. <gasps> the Dark Lord? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, guys, I had mentioned in passing Alistair Crowley, who is such a, occult phenom, mm-hmm. um, several episodes back, and I was like, you know what, I should talk about him. And here's the thing that I've noticed about High Spirits. Noel and I have no follow through. Nope. <laughs> so we'll why? tell you that, hey, we need to research this, and we don't. You know why? Why? Because we get drunk. <laughs> Yes. Okay. And also, the internet. People can look up stuff on the internet. Sure, this is basically Noelle's way of making sure you're bootstrapping. (laughs) Just. But we're also really irresponsible with this, and we'll try to get better. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) by the time we hit episode 50, we'll know what the fuck is up. (laughs) Uh, Anywho, let's talk about Alistair Crowley. Okay. Okay. Now, you're listening to this show, so you probably know who this is, Mm -hmm. but if you don't, I'm going to talk about his influence before I talk about his history, because I think it's important uh, for us to know why we're talking about him in the first place. Should we... Sorry, I just realized, like, some... And I I know that we talk about um, mostly adult content, and we have language at times, but we should probably put some kind of disclaimer (gasps) that there's going to be some graphic talk. Oh, yeah, for sure. So... Yeah. If you don't like graphic sexy talk... (laughs) This one's yeah, not for you. This is really. This sort of. Yeah, it's origin point, a sexy graphic card, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Sorry. We'll wait while you do it. <laughs> you think they're gone? But up, up. Done. Okay. <laughs> so, um, the reason why we're talking about Aleister Crowley uh, is. And this isn't necessarily about ghosts, but it is about the realm. So, yes. Um, he deeply influenced uh, new religious movements uh, in the world, mm-hmm. the United States. Yeah. Uh, some of those things, obviously the new age movement and Scientology. In fact, he knew Elron Hubbard. They're pals. Kind uh, of. Nope. He hated Elron. but they were pals. They, they were. Yeah. Yeah. They blood sugar, sex magic. They, would, they definitely <laughs> blood sugar, sex magic. <laughs> so um, uh, without understanding Alistair Crowley's, uh, uh, output there in the world, it would be difficult to understand some of this, uh, neo-paganism and mm-hmm. contemporary Satanism, uh, that sort of out there on the fringes. Crowley is kind of like the grand pappy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, uh, is still influ- influential now with occultists. He's also influential in popular culture. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that for a little bit minute here. Mr. Crowley, (laughs) bum, bum, bum. That's right. Uh, which is an Ozzy Osbourne song. Yes. Yeah. Black Sabbath, I think actually did that one. okay. But that's okay. The lead singer, Ozzy Osbourne, sang those words. (laughs) (laughs) Um, in 2002, which is a really long time ago, uh, (laughs) (laughs) the, uh, BBC, uh, did a poll and, uh, actually he, uh, Alistair Crowley ranked uh, 73rd and the list of 100 Great Britons really yeah interesting uh-huh okay um, I- additionally um, Gerald Gardner who you might know as the founder of uh, Gardnerian Wicca which is basically just called Wicca okay yeah um, he actually used much of Crowley's published material when composing the, the ritual liturgy okay so that's a big deal. I mm-hmm. uh, sort of a pastiche of Alistair Crowley's work. Okay. And Alistair Crowley had a lot of work. Yeah. Tons of books, mostly filled with sex poems. <laughs> Which by it's the way, I, into. I don't blush easily. <laughs> like, he, he has quite the imagination or is it imagination? I don't know. He's I don't a little terrifying to me. Yeah, I think he did it all. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I, I had just actually talked about uh uh Noel's hero and mine, just kidding. Uh Elron. Mr Elron L R H um... <laughs> uh, that's that's what they call them call him in the uh, yeah, sure. in the biz Scientology. he was involved in the uh Thelema Society, which was um Alistair Crowley's religious movement in the early nineteen forties with Jack Parsons, who worked on uh, uh, our top secret right. physics stuff, which yeah. I'll get to see later. Um, but anyway, he, he was said to be a big influence on those dudes. Um, he was also a big influence on Anton LaVey. You know who that is? Yeah. yeah. He's sort of what people consider to be the founder of Satanism. Right. Um, and he wrote the Satanic Bible. Now, but most of his shit is actually Alistair Crowley stuff. Right. Am I confusing? I might be getting this wrong, um, but L. Ron Hubbard, was he sharing a house and sharing ladies with Anton LaVey? Or...
1: I know. And,
0: and, and I know there's, like, there, are you going to get into, like, why Um, Alistair Crowley hated him so much? No. But wasn't it because L. Ron Hubbard stole his lady from him? No. He was never actually... L. Ron Hubbard tries to tell his story about Alistair Crowley, and right. Alistair Crowley is kind of like who? Right. So Alistair Crowley was basically, he was very good friends with, um, Jack Parsons. And maybe that's what it is. Cause he she, basically, L. Ron Hubbard started coming around and he thought he was a scumbag. Right. I and, don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> was it the teeth? Was it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they certainly both loved heroin, cocaine and like fucking. Right. So I don't yeah. know why. It, I mean, for Alistair Crowley to think you're a moral degenerate is a pretty <laughs> lofty, uh, thing. Right. So, I don't know if he was jealous because Jack Parsons was hanging out with him so much mm-hmm. um, Jack Parsons and Elron kind of went on their own into the sex magic and, and tried that's... to make a moon goddess okay that's that's what it is it's yeah. Jack Parsons I couldn't remember which guy it was that he had like had like, well, they up they had a big contentious falling out that's it okay I well, couldn't he... remember like who was the person yeah so okay. Elron actually uh, uh, allegedly don't come after us um
1: you know Scientology,
0: Scientology do don't stand outside of our doors with so, signs saying you know, that we, like, are guilty of tax evasion. Girl, I am not an SP. I was never even in. Not interested. And Leah Remini, keep tweeting me, boo. You're you're a hero. <laughs> <laughs> you are a hero. So, anyway, Anton LeVay, we can probably talk about it in another episode. He okay. has a big, yeah, old, element. So, al- he was one of the inspirations for Ghostbusters. Oh. well, Because, because of the... Um, um, John Hancock building and Dan Aykroyd's really into the occult. He's into the occult, yeah. And that whole thing of allegedly Anton Levey somehow designed and lived in the John Hancock in order to do some occult machinations. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I cannot talk further about it because I have so much more to give. I know. Alice I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I would. No. I just wanted to like clear that up more for my own personal. Sure. Health. Mental health. Okay. <laughs> I'm real tired. Yeah. Girl, <laughs> happy birthday. Yeah. You too. Um, I love that every time I say happy birthday, you have to kind of say it back to me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we we sort of mentioned the uh, Black Sabbath connection, but mm-hmm. uh, here's some other popular cultural things, popular culture things that you'll see Alistair Crowley in. Um, he's on the cover art of the Beatles Sergeant Peppers album. Okay. He's one of the people in there. Mm-hmm. Um his motto um of Do What Thou Wilt, mm-hmm. which is sort of the philosophy that he went by, is inscribed on the vinyl of Led Zeppelin's uh three. Okay. Speaking of the Zep, uh Jimmy Page bought Bullskin, which is uh Alistair Crowley's old mansion. Mm-hmm. Um and they actually filmed. Um, uh, they filmed the film. <laughs> the song remains the same there. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about Jimmy Page a little bit later because he's got some stories. He's got some tea to spill. Okay, good. I was gonna. Okay, good. Yep, he's got tea. I was gonna ask about that. Yep. Uh, David Bowie uh, makes reference to uh, Al Crowley in the lyrics of his song "Quicksand." Mm-hmm. He's in there, and we already talked about Black Sabbath. So sorry, girl. I love that song. Yes. Bum, 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 bum. Sorry. <laughs> My favorite rendition is yours. <laughs> I can keep going. Uh, no, that's all right. Okay. Just for time. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So now that we've talked about what, a, what an important person uh-huh. Alistair Crowley is, let's just talk about some of his history. Um, he actually was born Edward Alexander Crowley. Okay. Yep. So his name was Edward. Uh, How boring! Uh, Ooh. 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 you don't really like jazz me up. <laughs> a named, like Alistair. right? Um, that he actually <laughs> he, jazz it up. He jazzed it up. <laughs> he was born on October twelfth, eighteen seventy-five. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and he died on December first, nineteen forty-seven. It's a good run. There's some debate that he might have uh, died on December fifth, nineteen forty-seven. Wait, what, what's the date you first quoted? Uh, December 1st. Okay. I don't know why. There's a debate. Okay. He kind of, you know, I mean, he, he ended up being uh, an impoverished heroin addict. Mm-hmm. But he was a heroin addict for, like, 50 years, so it right. doesn't really, I don't know. But anyway, uh, in case there's somebody listening who knows everything about the uh, Alistair Crowley and they're like, you know what? Well, heroin was a lot cleaner then, too. I suppose. I don't know. He did so much cocaine and heroin. I don't know how he lived I as know long how as he, he did. did. He lived to 72. It's incredible. By the way, it's we'll all that blood sugar the... sex magic. <laughs> he had gonorrhea by the time he was 14. It's so gross. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so terrible. Ah. Just when you and I were like, oh, we're doing too much booze. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Compared to Alistair Crowley, we're fine. What's your secret, Alistair? <laughs> <laughs> magic with a K. <laughs> okay so just a quick thing Uh, his parents were Edward and Emily Mm -hmm. they were evangelical Christians okay Uh, Crowley's father had been born a Quaker but he converted to uh, this group Um, it was called the Exclusive Brethren (laughs) they were kind of into their secret shit I like that they're not even hiding it oh no this is what we are we're exclusive. Right. <laughs> Do you know the code word? Right. Uh, Jesus. What's the, what's the handshake? Uh, Jesus. Oh, December 25th. You're in. <laughs> <laughs> Close call. Oh my God. I almost it's not a really a handshake. No. <laughs> um, anyway, so the exclusive brethren where they were, um, it's just like a Christian fundamentalist group in uh, their area of Plymouth. Okay. In England, where they're from. Where, where's Plymouth in England? Do you know? Um, I'm not 100. It's not near London countryside. I think it's fairly near. Okay. Yeah. But uh, they were pretty well-to-do, right? They were very well-to-do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we're going to get to that in two seconds. Okay. Uh, so, Crowley's father was really devout. Um, he spent some time as a traveling preacher and also reading from the Bible to his wife, and son, basically every day. How romantic. Right? Yeah, I do Did you read that passage from... You read the whole thing about men lie with other men? <laughs> Just, ugh, read Leviticus. You know what I really... <laughs> that was awful. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> you know what I really like? Numbers. Um, the book of Numbers. Deuteronomy. Is my personal... Deuteronomy. That just, it's the hits that keep on giving. My God. Oh, the Torah. Let's do it. (laughs) The Pentateuch. Okay. Um, (laughs) We know Bible stuff. Yep. We are Bible people. Um, (laughs) Well, the reason why uh, Alistair Crowley's dad had so much time to devote Mm -hmm. to his uh, exclusive religion and his Bible reading is because they were rich. That's nice. Filthy rich. Yeah. Yep. They uh, had a, a lucrative family brewing business. Oh, Crowley's Alton Ales. He actually, in nice. fact, retired before Alster was even born. Wow. Yeah. Um, man of leisure, a man of leisure. <laughs> man of leisure. Nice. But he, you know, I mean, how leisurely can it be if you're just working the vibe? I mean, doing the chapters in the verses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for him, that might be fun. What else is there to do in 1875? Uh, Alistair Crowley will show us quite a lot. <laughs> cool. Um, so, just for reference, um, Alistair Crowley had a very strained relationship with his mother. Okay. They did not care for each other. Mm-hmm. She actually uh, described him early on as, quote unquote, the beast, which he kind of latched onto a little bit later. And that was sort of part of his 666, I'm mm-hmm. the beast, I'm so dangerous shit. Okay. I'm not diminishing him, I'm just saying. How dangerous are you when you keep telling him about how dangerous you are? Right. That's just whatever philosophy. Okay. Um, for context too, because this might have like helped maybe understand his parents. He had a sister, uh, who died. Okay. Yeah. How old was she? She was a baby. Okay. Uh, and she died in 1880. That's sad. Yeah. So, uh, he was about five when that happened. Okay. So I don't know do we know how he died or how she died? Did he have something to do with it? Is there is speculation? No, it was like, no, he really did not. Infancy uh, death, just kind of a, well, times was hard. Well, right. So yeah. it was probably just, you it was know, probably just, you know, one of those infant things. Mortality where, yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. No, later on, we'll see that there's a lot of talk about all the stuff that he did, but there was no, uh, nothing, nothing, um, linking him with this death. Okay. I think it just might have been influential on his parents and maybe how like I don't know, a little bit overbearing they were and they got more Christian and they got a little bit weird. Okay. Uh when he was 8, he was sent uh away to boarding school to evangelical Christian school in Hastings. Okay. And then he was sent to a prep school in Cambridge. Uh in 1887, his uh, when he was just 11, his dad died of tongue cancer. This was a big turning point for him. Tongue cancer. I know how disgusting is that. Oh, don't drink. What was it called? Crowley Don- ale. Crowley ale. Tongue oh, fuck cancer. Oh, that yeasty. Yikes! <laughs> um, Ouch! It's very serious though. Don't chew. Oh. Chewing tobacco. Right. Oh, it's so disgusting. Remember the Edward Van Halen had the tongue cancer. Is that what he had? I, I thought think it was so. the throat. Oh, maybe um we're going to look that up. You're probably right. <laughs> Do you will, will we look it up? Nah. No, no, no. I don't know. Go to the internet, guys. It's it's out there somewhere. <laughs> um why this was a big turning point is because Crowley really loved his dad. He he called him a hero mm-hmm. and a friend and this was um extremely difficult for him because he did not like his mother at all. Uh and then the last thing which actually to me sounds like a mitzvah. It sounds like a very nice thing. Oh. Um, when he was 11 years old, he inherited a third of his father's wealth. Okay, um, that is a mitzvah. Yeah. Well, later on, he becomes a destitute right. person, and that's mostly due to drug use and, and uh, varying other things. But um, you didn't know there was going to be a social commentary attached to the studio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't do drugs. Just yeah. say no. I mean, unless, like, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Unless and, they're free. Yeah. Is what you were going to say. Unless it's like a really cool person in your festival <laughs> and it's just, it's sunny and you've got sunscreen and. You're trying to impress a boy. Everything's safe. <laughs> I mean, just know your circumstance. That's all. Right. 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 Who's in, yeah. Yes. Do you have a safe way home? So <laughs> around this time, when yeah, Jesus, um, do you and your parents have a text system? <laughs> Uh, around the time when his dad died, uh, Crawley began acting out. He began, uh, misbehaving at school and he became increasingly skeptical about Christianity and he would point out the inconsistencies to his religious teachers. Mm -hmm. He got in a ton of trouble. Yeah. I mean, but that, I feel like that's a completely normal thing for a kid whose father died. Totally. To do. Well, especially if they were like such, yeah, you know, they believed in all that stuff and he was probably like, yeah, cool. You took my dad. Right. Like, I think that's total, like, this all makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Back then, scandalous.
1: So anyway, if you're wondering why
0: Al Crowley could kind of, like, bullshit his way through life, it's because he had a lot of money. Uh, Oftentimes he's described as a dilettante. Okay. Which is just sort of, like, um, a way of poo-pooing him, of, like, you wouldn't have had time to be this, like, crazy occult philosopher if you actually had to, like... But yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. So let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about sex. I just realized I was about to do like, yeah, let's talk about sex, baby. Salt and pepper, right? Yep. For you guys who yeah. were born just recently, that <laughs> is an R&B hit from the 90s. Um, Alistair Crowley lost his virginity at 14 allegedly he lost his virginity to one of the family's maids on his mother's (gasps) bed. Oh, he hated her so much. I guess. Um, now this is interesting. This will come up later. I don't believe this for a second, but this will sort of circle back around in an interesting way. This maid, uh, that he boned was apparently fired and became rather destitute herself. And it's rumored that she became one of the Jack the Ripper victims. Okay, so I was going to, that's kind of why I was asking, like, where Plymouth was in relation to London, and, like, what kind of, like, mm. crossover there could be to Jack the Ripper, because this is around the time. And well, you, a notable Ripperologist, <laughs> would know all of these things. Yes, it's, it's yeah, how interesting. That's all. Okay, we'll come back to it. But yes, I am a noted Ripperologist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh just so you know, uh as a young man, uh somewhere between the age of 14 and 17, Crowley con- uh contracted his first bout with um gonorrhea from a prostitute. God. Yeah. At 14, uh, somewhere between 14 and 17. Ugh, but yeah. He already had a uh, you know, some props. At Cambridge, uh Crowley maintained a vigorous sex life. Largely that was with female prostitutes. So the gonorrhea they had cleared up because he had access to doctors, and oh, yeah. money. Yep. And, okay. He also got syphilis. <laughs> Jeez, which I don't mean to laugh at, but like, I mean, but I guess like if he's having sex with all these uh, these prostitutes, sure, like, that's gonna happen. Yeah. Well, and uh, uh, they're just walking around with the clap. Sure. Well, it's Victorian times. I mean, you're either a virgin or you're a whore. Right. Unfortunately, that's sort of the status quo. You just don't, they don't like date and like kind of casually. Right. Have sex and she's on the birth control pill and you wear kind of, it's just not like that. Or you're from like the royal, you know, you're a royal family and you're having sex with your cousins. Sure. Well, most of the royals were going to the same brothels he was. Yeah, true. You know. So, um, everybody's just sharing diseases. Yes. What uh, fun! When he was at Skuel, uh, his <laughs> life—I <laughs> don't know why I way—his life changed dramatically because he had his first same-sex relationship. <gasps> oh, what? Yep, that's right. Uh, his first boyfriend was Herbert Charles Pollett. <laughs> and Herbert Charles this sounds Pollitt. sounds like such a British name. Herbert Charles Pollitt, um, <laughs> he was president of the Cambridge University Footlights Dramatic Club. No, you don't say. No, I do say. <laughs> <laughs> An actor? An actor. He, listen. <laughs> Herb and I would probably be friends. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he's just, like, amazing. Yeah, he sounds like my guy. He yeah. Anyway, they, yeah, that was his first serious boyfriend. Okay. Um, so before he had a boyfriend, he was always, like, vigorously into Bone and the Chicks. And then mm-hmm. once he had a boyfriend, he was like, oh, okay. This he, is different. Mm-hmm. He identified as uh, bisexual for the rest of his life. Though. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. And this is a this is a strange thing for me to put in my notes in case you were wondering and I don't know why I don't know why I don't know why ah hit me to make me stop repeating that okay anyway if any of you are wondering um uh, Crowley had a very big interest in sadomasochism mm-hmm. um and when he was with women he liked to be the sadist and when he was with men he liked to be a masochist okay so his biggest delight when he was with a man was to be a bottom right. Which is, <laughs> you know, what I can appreciate. A guy, I literally cannot believe I said it. I'm bright red. I mean, it just. Shows... It only took me two minutes to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think that it shows that he is uh, flexible and willing to try all things. Although there is something, there is something that I think is kind of misogynistic about that as well. If we're yeah. really going to dive into it, yeah. Um, with the women, like you know, he wants to be dominated by men. So it almost makes you kind of question, and like what his thoughts are of women and sure. Um, you know, like if he considers them to be lesser. Yes. In the context of, in the context of 2017, he would 100% be a problematic person. Yes. He was a very misogynistic and very racist Mm -hmm. and very classist. Wait, I don't think that's a problem in 2017. I don't think we have anybody (laughs) like that in this country. or world that behaves in such a way. <laughs> That's correct. We have solved all <laughs> of those problems. Oh. He'd fit right he'd fit right in. Right? That's yeah. all. Um <laughs> all right, so let me just say this really quickly because Noel brought it up, but there is a Victorian context mm-hmm. to this. And so Alistair Crowley grew up in the time of uh the great Victorian uh repression. So uh, sex was very taboo, which is why he was just having a ton of it and thought it was so interesting. Right. So it made it 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 really made an impression on him. Uh, in that he put it in all of his um, rituals. Mm-hmm. So sex magic, uh, in his mind, was the way uh, that art made religious fervor and power grow stronger, while savagely shaking the tree of Victorian beliefs. Um, it's it, it's reported that he uh, initially became a sex and drug addict addicts is kind of a strong word for it. a dabbler. And then he actually did become an addict in order to uh, achieve higher states of consciousness. Sort of like there was this like, um, erotic secondary state. He believed that people could go into. He okay. was like really into yoga. He's kind of like pre sting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just sort of like, um, but sustained less... erotic. Yeah. Subconsciousness. Okay. um, Black magic was uh... okay. So there's this idea. I just want to put this out here too. There's this idea that Alistair probably was into black magic as opposed to white magic.
1: Mm-hmm. You probably heard that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, as far as he was concerned, he just thought it was all semantics. Yeah. He just was like, magic is magic. Hey man, it's all magic. Yeah. Right, so he wasn't it. into the kind of like sort of good, bad, evil deal. Right. He just okay. thought it was all something you can control. He was a renowned, uh, alchemist as well. Mm-hmm. So he was very, you know, just into the idea of all of it, not necessarily the good and bad. Um, yeah. So I just want to talk about that Victorian context for him. Uh, let's talk about his first, uh, secret society. Okay. <laughs> okay. It was the hermetic order of the golden dawn. Yeah. Yes. Um, He joined at the age of 23. Um, He, he, that was in um, 1898. And that began his uh, long love affair with mysticism and the occult. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Interestingly. (laughs) um, Okay. You guys, Alistair Carly doesn't really get along well with people. He's good when he's the boss, but he's not good when he's like, Hey y'all, I'm just kind of like a dude. And I want to take it over. He really was trying to take it over from the inside. Right. Um, The poet, who we all know, William Butler Yeats, Yes. Was in the society okay. and hated him. All right. And was <laughs> part of the people that was like, get this asshole out of here. The other thing that is very interesting to me is that he was expelled From the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn because of his deviant sexual behavior. (laughs) (laughs) And why this is funny to me is like a whole a whole bunch of those dudes were gay. Yeah. They were like obviously not open about it because it was against the law. But like when I say deviant sexual behavior, they really were pretty offended by what Alistair Carly was, was doing. But he was doing lots with lots. He was doing a lot. I think they were probably uh, a little jealous. Well, and maybe, maybe, or but they were probably, you know, also very appalled and disgusted yeah. by what he was doing. But it, yeah, they were very hoity-toity. Most of the people that Alistair Carly at this point, he was twenty-three. Mm-hmm. Most of the people he was having sex with were prostitutes or red boys. Right. Um. He sometimes would get into like um an equitable status relationship. Mm. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. Uh, but most of the time it was sort of like pay for play. So you mm-hmm. sort of had a sadomasochistic. Right. Um, quality to it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Crowley believed that he was being guided by his guardian angel. I forgot to look up how to pronounce this. I think it's a was a I w a s s. This is actually pretty important. Um, when he was expelled from um, the, uh, uh, golden dawn. Mm -hmm. Um, he traveled the world. He went to Mexico, India, France, and Egypt. Um, he had gotten married at this point and his wife knew about all this stuff. She was totally fine with it. Um, he, he had visions of Ewa. So that made him decide that he was prophetic and he should do his own shit. So he still, so he still kept like held on to some of his Christian beliefs. Or was he kind of like, this was him kind of creating his own, like the start of that. I think the thing that one does when they sort of create a religion is they take elements. elements. Yeah. Okay. His, his, his ideas were extremely Christian. I will say this. He traveled the world. He was a, he was a mountain climber. He climbed K2. Mm I mean, it was disastrous. One of his friends died when they were doing it. Um, but he was really into, one of his boyfriends, um, when I say boyfriends, somebody he was actually in a relationship with, mm-hmm. um, he ended up being a uh, monk, I think in Burma. Okay. But they spent some time together, like, exploring, um, like, Buddhism and yoga and, yeah. He basically just took Islam, yoga, mm-hmm. sorry, that's not a religion, but, like, the ideas of Islam, yoga, right. Christianity, Buddhism, uh, anything he could get his hands on. Mm-hmm. Uh, alchemy and ghostesses and just kind of right. went wild. Okay. If you're new to the show, ghostesses means ghosts. <laughs> Hopefully you put that together. Yeah, keep up. Um. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel like today we would call him a Renaissance man. We would call him a Renaissance man. We would. <laughs> yes, Yeah, so cultured. Yeah, he's the James Franco of the <laughs> 1900s. Um, well, okay. I don't know. I mean, James Franco didn't have a religion, but I've heard. You never know where that guy's going to turn up. Sure. Yeah. Why do we just take a drink at the same time? Pause for drink. We yeah. <laughs> <I> usually <laughs> space that out so much better. <laughs> um, so, uh, Alistair Carly believed in magic with a K, which is, of course, my favorite kind of magic. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there was another kind. Why like, Why bother? <laughs> Other than Practical Magic, that delightful movie with Nicole Kidman and uh, Sandy. Sandy Bullock, which is <laughs> so good. I guys. have never seen. I can't believe it. I know. I've seen Clips. I feel like I get it. Oh, man. <laughs> I love that movie. Oh. When we're watching it. I can't believe you've never seen I that know. Movie. Haven't I admitted that to you before? I think you have, and you're a big Nicole Kidman fan. I love the Nicholas Kidman. <laughs> <laughs> this is shocking information. I know that well, I've already heard before. I know. <laughs> it's a wonderful movie, heartwarming. Yeah. Well, uh, I recently started Riverdale. Uh, I don't know what that means. Yeah. yeah, it's on Netflix and it's about the Archie comics. But it's got uh, oh, death. Oh, yeah. I'm listening. <laughs> it's ridiculous. There's way too many things on Netflix that I have to watch right now, and I feel a little overwhelmed. Uh, yes. Need to watch The Keepers. I'm a couple episodes in. Okay. Still haven't started Kimmy Schmidt yet. It's not as no. Yeah, I wow. know. Third Third I was season. so excited for it. Yeah. Anyway, um, but anyway, continue. <laughs> please continue. This has been TV review with <laughs> Jay and Noel. <laughs> Da-da. So, um, okay, talking about magic with a K. <laughs> We got to keep on task here. <laughs> um, so many more pages left. Oh my God, Alistair Crowley wrote a book called Magic in Theory and Practice. In which he defined magic as the science and art of causing change to occur in conformity with will. Let me repeat that again because it's a hugely important thing and actually really influences um, a lot of the esoteric modern Wiccan, et cetera, et cetera, religions. Uh, Alistair Crowley defined magic with a K as the science and art of causing change to occur in conformity with will. Who's Will? <laughs> <laughs> Will Wheaton from uh, Star Trek? Oh. Love him. how oh, um, again. <laughs> he, uh, Alistair Crowley is uh, quoted as saying, well, he, didn't, he told his disciple, Carl Germer, this. I don't know why I said quoted as saying, but uh, he said, magic is getting, magic with a K, is getting into communication with individuals who exist on a higher plane than ours. Mysticism is raising a is the raising of oneself to their level. So basically what I'm trying to say is that Alistair Crowley thought that like magic was like between religion and science. He thought that was like the connective tissue. I I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me. It does. Yeah. Especially, you know, if you do read the Bible and the what it's, this, it's this book that people <laughs> quote a lot. um, especially like in the old testament and i guess in the new testament too like jesus does a lot of magical type things like what they're they what? I they're mean, miracles. They're miracles, but they're magic. Well, i mean but but there but, was a tendency yeah uh, to have this idea of you can't just like right you you know, you can't you can't just be a person. You have to prophesy, you have to perform some right. miracles, you have to like right. speak to god and show off. So there's this uh, Really quick. Not that Jesus did. Don't write me letters. No, real, just really quick, um, just to kind of like put the correlation between miracles and um, science or magic and science together. Um, I had a professor in college who, he was my, he was my, one of my religion teachers because I went to a private school. Anyway, it um, was a <laughs> prereq. Um, And he was a, a former Catholic priest and he left the church because, or he left the priesthood because he wanted to bury a woman. Um, but he still practiced and he still taught, but he is really scandalous in the church because most men want to marry men. True. Um, I don't know why I said that. Uh, and I don't know that that's true, (laughs) Um, but, but, uh, um, he, he really, he did an interesting lecture on, um, the fact that miracles actually don't exist. It's just that like, it's just that it's science and nature speeding up the process. Hmm. So, uh, when, when Jesus died, Um, and there were the three days in between before they rolled back the stone. It wasn't that he ascended to heaven, like his whole, like corporeal body and soul. It was that, uh, God sped up nature to decompose his body. What are you? Episcopalian? Yeah. It's a, it's a fascinating concept. This is blaspheme. Yeah. It was a (laughs) it's a fascinating concept. Um, so you're into hereticism, but, but in order to speed, which means heretic, just in case you thought it was like something erotic. Right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, but in order to speed up the process, there has to be some type of like thing that off, like makes that happen. Like magic. Oh, mm -hmm. that's my, that's, that's just something that I just said that I put together, but I think there's, I think there's something that makes a lot of sense there. Yeah, I mean, what Alistair Crowley knew for sure is that religion is, uh, for time immemorial filled with magicians of some sort. Mm-hmm. Call them what you will, they were people who could do things. Prophets, magicians, yeah. something. Um, let's see. Uh, so <laughs> here's something. Which, sexuality played an important role in uh, Alistair Crowley's idea of magic and his practice of it, uh, which became central to his religion. Uh, Religious philosophy, uh, Thelema, which we'll talk about in just a sec. But he outlined three forms of sex magic. Okay. Cool. cool. The autoerotic, <laughs> mm-hmm. I said that really weirdly, but the autoerotic, the homosexual, and the heterosexual. Um, if you don't know what those are, you're too young, turn it off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Go to bed. Yes. Knock it off. Um, <laughs> but he argued those three acts could be used to focus the magician's will. Onto a specific goal, um, whatever that was, like whatever objective they had. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of gross, but he treated sex like a sacrament, and he. Um, Wait, he, isn't that a thing? That's not what. It, oh. Well, he. Well, I'm kidding. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm, well, this is a little bit sacrilegious for a religious type, um, but for the Eucharist, he basically. Uh, uh, Nah. <laughs> I love when I can't say these things just say it I okay. like that you're blushing like this is stuff that nor- like I know I'm I having am. a lot of fun with this so um yeah <laughs> so his version of the Eucharist was basically like uh, a biscuit or some sort of like cake with menstrual blood uh oh, and a mixture of semen or maybe vaginal fluid <gasps> mm. <laughs> you're holy oh god yeah so that was a part of it not, <laughs> not for fussy eaters And certainly with that whole biscuit cake thing, I mean, not for gluten-free. No. Yeah. I mean, you can't participate if you're (laughs) gluten-free. I mean, besides from like... If you've got the celiacs, like you can't be part of his crew. Being disgusted by menstrual blood. (laughs) it's just You've just got to have the blood. (laughs) It's not for the uh, celiac. It's for the iron deficient, (laughs) is what it is. For the anemic only. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about uh, Thelema, which is his religion. This is Crowley's uh, belief system, um, and it's sort of been described as a magico-religious religious doctrine. Uh-huh. There's, like, a hybrid word. Um, it's also been characterized as, like, uh, esotericism or maybe even paganism. Okay. And, like, for those of you listening, those things normally are, like, saved for tarot or uh, magical geometrical shapes or... Uh, a series of numbers or letters that form into something that could raise spirits and demons or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's, that's what I'm talking. Anyway, we were, we were talking about this before. Um, He was very influenced by uh, Hinduism, Buddhism, scientific naturalism, uh, as well as things that were going on in Europe at the time, which were those secret societies. So he had a lot of interest in like, uh, Freemasonry and and Rosicrucianism and astrology, uh, and then also sort of dabbled in Kabbalah and Tarot. So he okay. was just it was just a big old pastiche right. of of ideas. Right, a potpourri, if you will, a pope Um, that yeah, I mean that's a little bit of everything. Yeah, it's a little overkill, sort of. Yeah, I mean, Alistair Crowley was not, you know, subtle. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. Um. Let's see. Uh, he believed that the 20th century marked humanity's entry into the eon of Horus. Um, Horus is an Egyptian god. Mm-hmm. Uh, he thought or that is. this new era uh, in this new era, humans would take increasing control of their destiny. Okay. I think he sort of thought of himself as sort of a Martin Luther of the whole religious schema. Okay. Remember Martin Luther was like, okay, you don't need divine right of kings. You don't need like, all this stuff. It's just... Right. If you're good, you go to heaven. I mean, I grew up Catholic, and so Martin Luther is the devil. I get it. Um, <laughs> JK. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you go and you pound your memo. <laughs> what was it called? <laughs> it was called the 99 Theses. Memo. Okay. Up on the tree or wherever you posted it. Was it was the door of the church. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so sorry, so Protestants long. listening. <laughs> You must feel so persecuted. If you're feeling um, any whiplash from the 30 years war or the 100 years war, it's because of Noel. Sorry. Trigger warning. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, okay. So anyway, Alistair uh, Crowley believed that this eon uh, follows from the eon of Osiris, which is also an Egyptian right. god, which paternalistic religions like Christianity, Islam, and Buddhism, uh, which had dominated the world, um, would move into... I'm sorry, you said Buddhism. Did I really? <laughs> I meant say... I was going to let it go, but then I kept no, hearing it in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Buddhism <Booty-ism laughs> is something like Sir Mix-A-Lot has. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is the most religious person in Buddhism. <laughs> oh, man. I'm that sorry, was so good. He likes big butts <laughs> in he cannot lie. Uh, no, I meant Buddhism. <laughs> 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 Booties, We are ridiculous. Hey. <laughs> oh Thanks, booth. <laughs> anyway, um so what I was getting at with that idea, okay. he thought paternal paternalistic religions would switch over into the eon of Isis and things would become more maternalistic. Okay. And dominated by goddess worship. So everything had an Egyptian base. Everything. Okay. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. So, um, the moral code, I already mentioned this, of uh, uh, Thelema is basically do what thou wilt. Do what thou wilt is the ethical law. Mm -hmm. Now, for a lot of people, that just, like, reeks of Satanism. Um, Although... uh, I mean, anarchy. Alistair probably was not a Satanist. Right. You know, uh, actually didn't uh, ascribe to uh, anarchy. Although he was very libertine. But basically, it was like... Follow your code. Yeah. Whatever your codes. If you're a bad fucking guy, you're a bad fucking guy. If you're a good person, you're a good person. Right. Um, Which puts a lot of pressure on the individual. Mm-hmm. And yet, when we talk about, like, his version of magic with a K, it does put a lot of pressure on the individual. You know? Yeah. Like, religion can't make you good. Magic can't make you good. Right. You is or you ain't. And then you're like, but what is my code? Who am I? Like, what do I, well, it's, I mean, you know, I guess it requires a lot of soul searching and. Yeah. It's not for the light of heart. Like, right. If you ever read any of his um, uh, poetry or tomes, you'll see. It's, it's a lot of, it, it, it's fairly erudite in the way that it's, it'll self-select a lot of people out of it. Okay. <laughs> there might be like a yeah. teenager listening right now and it's like, that's awesome. I'll read it. Good luck, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a little, you know what I mean? Like it's a little harder to understand than all that. Um, that's all. Okay. So, um, it isn't your easy way to the dark Lord. Yeah. That's all. All right. Uh, I have to mention this real fast. A lot of people actually, uh, whether this, um, whether this, enhances what Alistair Crowley was doing or it takes away from it in, in, in that. Well, he was a spy. People think he was a spy.
1: Like um, a
0: double, like a, like a British spy. He was a British spy. Okay. Um, Wait, is that confirmed or that's a, it that's is a confirmed. theory. Really? Yeah, so he was a British spy in um, the late 1890s. He had traveled to St. Petersburg uh, in an effort for the British government. St. Petersburg, Um, uh, Russia. Russia, okay. Mm -hmm. Not Florida. (laughs) (laughs) That would be amazing. He's like, you know what? We got to talk about your fashion and your fucking stupid sarongs. But I really enjoy being on the beach. (laughs) Also, in 1897, he was like, SPF think about it. And then he just <laughs> <laughs> oh, Uh Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> so there had been a very long thought process that uh, starting back at Cambridge, mm-hmm. he had been working with um, the secret service. He's very brilliant, very right. able to engage in sort of like uh, the things that they loved, code breaking anagrams and all that shit. So, Um, yeah, they thought he was a spy in world war one, which is interesting because he was considered, um, as somebody who betrayed the British, but he was probably working as a double agent. Ooh, like a Benedict Arnold. Yes. Okay. He socialized with Aldous Huxley, who you might know from brave new world. Yeah. Uh, Roald Dahl and, uh, Ian Fleming. Yeah. Okay. The bonds. Yes. Yeah. So, it either enhances his uh, sex magic sort of um, dilemma stuff or it diminishes it. I'm not sure. I don't know. So I he mean, might I have been an like... agent provocateur. This just makes him far more attractive to me. I'm into it. Yeah, I like this a lot. I, I never knew this about him. This is amazing. Yeah. So he sort of has that like Sir Francis uh, Bacon thing going. Yeah. Where he's just sort of doing it all. Renaissance man. <laughs> yeah, he was before. He really is. He is a very weird... <laughs> I'm like... This is fascinating. You are going to probably get off pretty hard about this. Um, you want to talk about interdimensional beings? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> uh, Alistair Crowley sought to combine uh, the theories of uh, extraterrestri- extraterrestrial life and paranormal activity. Uh, Lam, L-A-M... Oh, what? what yep. I mean... I have so many things to say about that, but we don't have time. (laughs) Uh, L.A.M. Lamb was an entity that Crowley invoked in 1918. This is like early, right? Okay. Um, He he drew a picture of L.A.M. Lamb um, that has a strong resemblance to great aliens from our modern UFOlogy. Because they're not coming from space, okay. Because they're coming from another dimension. Mm-hmm. By the way, don't tell my uncle I said that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lamb is the uh, Tibetan word for path or way. Okay. Just saying. Um, it is believed that Crowley intentionally opened a portal to another dimension through his magical workings. He then, because of this, was able to establish contact with non-human intelligence that was represented by Lamb. Okay. Now, you might think this is all horseshit. Interestingly, though, contemporary Crowley disciples believe that the portal was widened since that time. um, Mostly through Jack Parsons of the Jet Propulsion Laboratory and a 1L run Hubbard. Hmm. Yeah. Curious. Curious. <laughs> um. Now, going to Scientology really quickly. L. Ron Hubbard did not. Sorry, Alistair probably did not like L. Ron Hubbard. He thought he was a shit bag. Um. I and, still, I still ask. But why? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he basically said that. Um, L. Ron <laughs> Hummer did not know what he was doing. Was it kind of because he was faking injuries all the time and well, actually, making up stories? and Well, I mean, I don't know. It takes, it takes Leaving wives? Well, I mean... He was a young man, though. Aster Crowley did the same thing. Right. I mean, he was married three times. I mean, takes one to know one, I guess. I mean, and it does. And his, his biography was very grandiose. Yeah. In such that I was reading it and I was like, God, even before... I, I was into the L. Ron Hubbard stuff. I'm like, what does everybody's messiah have to be such, so grandiose? Like, yeah. not only did he climb K2, and not only was he a great mountain climber, but he was the first, the first, the first. He sailed around the, like, he just did all this shit that just sounds so bogus, which is why I left it off. Right. And I don't, I mean, I, I don't know that, I, I feel like his accomplishments are far greater than anything L. Ron Hubbard did. because Probably. Well, he was it's, rich it's, and British. Right. So therefore was... we find him sexier. Well, right. And, well, and he had, he had the the money to do it where L Ron Hubbard, like it's confirmed that many of his stories were fabricated. So I don't, I don't believe that there are many, conf- like there's any confirmation that Alistair Crowley was making any of this stuff. No, out. most of the, most, most of the thing is that people are still actually finding out more about him. Right. He was a privileged white British male
1: Mm-hmm. who had
0: the ability to do these things. I mean, and, he and therefore he did around the world. Yeah. If you look at what he did in his life, I mean, he was everywhere. Right. I mean, he was studying esotericism and in, uh, Mexico, India. Um, what's that? Hawaii. Like? I know. <laughs> nice. I wish I was rich. <laughs> right. Good for um, you Alistair, he could change his name to something grandiose like Alistair. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's something kind of interesting. Um, So people believe that, uh, Alistair Crowley had opened up this portal. Um, and they also believe that L. Ron Hubbard and Jack Parsons, um, who did not know what they were doing, ripped the portal open more and didn't know how to close it. Oh, okay. So they kind of learned mm-hmm. from the master and then they kind of fucked it up. Oh. Yeah. So you and I were having a conversation similar to this earlier. Yeah. Anyway, in 1947, <laughs> uh, the age of UFOs began. And... Uh, people... 1947? Wait, what much. You... 19. Oh, uh, Sorry, did I say... 18... I meant 1947. Did you say... No, I mean, it might have been... 18... 1947 was the UFO crash in Roswell, but people yeah. were... So it's kind of okay. like the age of UFOs. is right yeah. after World War II. It could have yeah. been like weather balloons or... Or actually uh, an, actual, planes, or an, actual, an yeah. actual spacecraft that crashed in But here's the interesting thing. The great alien that uh Alistair Crowley drew uh, over thirty years before was the was the one that um people in the United States not having known that, they were the ones who were like drawing that and saying this is this is the alien. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and um I may or may not know a little bit about this. <laughs> yes. Um, but, uh, the, when the, when the spaceship did or the UFO crash landed on, um, uh, oh shoot, I'm totally blanking on his name. Um, the ranchers land, uh, he described the, what he saw, the being that he saw in a similar fashion and other people also later described it that way. Now, the problem is that, um, a, there's not a lot of firsthand yeah. uh, reports of this because allegedly all of these people were threatened by the military and the government and so they were so fearful of their, their lives and the lives of their family that a lot of this stuff didn't come out until um, they passed and then their children started to speak about it or sure. they had, like told these stories on their deathbeds So, and that's all I'll say about that <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know anything more yeah <laughs> No, it's fascinating. Yeah. Um, My uncle has a new book out. Ooh. Your uncle's Donald Trump? Schmidt. Schmidt. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
1: joking.
0: Okay. So, Alistair Crowley died on um, December 1st or December 5th, depending. um, At... um, Of chronic bronchitis, aggravated by pleurisy, and uh, myocardial degeneration. I mean, it's not even from the heroin or the cocaine. No. Like, he just got sick and was old. Yeah. Come on. He suffered... Actually, I didn't say this earlier. His doctor for his asthma... Do you know what he prescribed? Opium? Heroin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I forgot to mention that in the spy stuff. That... um, well, they were all hanging out in, like, opium dens. And, for like, sure. Yeah. And he was addicted to opium. But yeah. there's, like, a go back and forth, like, when he was touring, like, um, China and Tibet and all those places. Right. That he was trying to get intel for the British for the opening opium wars and for the opium situation. Oh. Right? Okay. So it's a little interesting. So he was He's doing... always there at the right time doing the wrong thing. Right. Because he can. It's a little Sherlock holmes right? Totally. Yeah. His funeral was uh, was held at uh, a Brighton crematorium. Brighton's in the south of Britain, Mm -hmm. Um, and only about a dozen people attended. That's sad. Yeah. Um, Some of his friends read from the Gnostic Mass, the Book of the Law, and uh, one of his poems, "Hymn to the Pan." Um, The funeral, even though there weren't many people there at all, generated a big press controversy, and the Press said it was a black mass, and it was reported in the tabloids right. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Crowley's ashes were sent to his friend Carl Germer or Germer Germer, oh no. in the U.S. Uh, who buried them in his garden in Hampton, New Jersey. If you're ever in Hampton, New Jersey, I did not know this. You can go see Aleister Crowley. Okay, let's do it. So it's like a public place where you can go. I or it's like some dude's it's backyard. A garden. I yeah. <laughs> I mean, when, when you said it was his garden, I just assumed it was, like, in his backyard. Yeah, it's in his backyard. So we can just go to his house. Well, no. But we will. <laughs> knock on the door and be like, can we see Alistair? Hey. Hi. We're well, here we'll to we'll do see that Alistair. when we take your uh, trip to the Pierce Mansion. Oh, yeah. That's, like, in the area of Jersey. Yeah, because we have to see the traveling um, haunted circus in yep. Jersey. And then we'll we'll boop on up to... Uh, <laughs> we'll boop. <laughs> To uh, Massachusetts to see the Pierce Mansion. We'll take the, the old Amtrak. Ye old, Yeah. Yeah, because we have to drink the whole way because we'll be talking about ghosts. Right. We could maybe, like, record a... We'll get a private car. Yes. This is turning out to be a grand plan. Yeah. Can we afford it? Amtrak's so expensive. I know. Hey, everybody, send um your checks or money orders to uh, High Spirits Chicago Podcast on SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find us there. So I have, I have a few more things to talk about. Stick with me. I want to make this a one episode thing. I've probably got like 20 more minutes to me. Okay. This shit gets a little weird. It's kind of like think about it as the Chateau Montréal. How it went a little bit longer, but it was kind of worth it. Totally worth it. Okay. I mean, yeah, we can totally do it, it if you think. Yeah. Or I think if you so. think we should. I'm I'm fine with either. But I do want to confirm that um, Eddie Van Halen did have what they called oral cancer, but it was totally tongue cancer. Ah. Oh. You were right. Uh huh. Now you remember the other He's guy. A foundation. Who... <laughs> <laughs> I quickly looked it up. <laughs> the other guy who had tongue cancer was um. So gross. No, and I... um, oh my God, who was it? Michael Douglas. Do you remember that? And he said it was from eating so much giner conch. <laughs> um, what did you say? Conch. Conch. That's disgusting. It's really gross. Um, he... I like that I'm calling you out that I actually said giner and you said conch. And I think you're worse. <laughs> Uh, I thought he had throat cancer, too. girl. Maybe they were saying oral cancer. Maybe you gotta that's, get out more. That's the new thing. I is mean, oral tongue cancer is now oral cancer. I guess there's a link between HPV and one's tongue, and if you're a real p man. If I was Kath- <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones, there, she was she was pissed about it. I know she was like, I would not have. I would have left. She did leave him. But that they're happened? back together. Are they? Yeah. they uh, like. She left for like a day. The Zeta has bad taste. I like the Zates. You know, Chicago is one of my favorite movies. And musicals. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I feel like they didn't give her, Velma Kelly, enough credit for that. Because in the musical, she has a larger role. She she makes the whole thing. Yeah. And in the movie, they kind of cut, cut a lot of it. I don't know. Anyway, I, you know, I, that's all I'm going to say I about it, but Velma Kelly is an amazing character, and it's, she it's a dream role for many actresses yep. to play. I think they looked at the footage and thought the Zeta did it all in those moments on screen. Well, I think they probably were worried that she was going to just completely, like, trample yep. the Zellweger. <laughs> Which we got to cut some of this down. <laughs> she did. She killed it. Yep. Such a good... it's So good. Anyway. Okay, we're going to get back... Hey, if you're tuning in. Pump. Snap. <laughs> row. <laughs> We're going to get back to uh, some Alistair Crowley stuff. Do you want to talk about weird places? Oh, yes. You never have to ask. I know. Um, so the Bolskin House in Inverness, Scotland okay. is the Alistair Crowley manch. Ah, the spooker one. <laughs> <laughs> um, d- uh, before Alistair moved in to the Bolskin House, it was already steeped in darkness. <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, the manor was built atop the ruins of a 10th-century church, which had burnt oh. to the ground, killing all the congregants inside. Oh my God! Right, that's, that's up his alley. That's shit is happening there. Uh huh. Crowley bought the Bolskin House to seclude himself and perform magic from the Book of Sacred Magic and Ab- Abramelin the Mage. That's- <laughs> It's what? the greatest hit right okay. there. Okay. The Book of Sacred Magic of Abramelin the Mage. I don't know. Okay. He's like a cousin of like uh, Merlin. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, during this period that he lived at the Bolskin House, uh, Crowley was most famous for his occultism and black magic. <laughs> With uh, a cape. Yep. <laughs> um, so here's a weird thing. When... When Alistair Crawley uh, uh, left that house, he sort of sort—I of, don't know if he put a cor- curse on it or everyone just thought that he left evil spirits behind. Um, so, um, here's just some people that were left in the uproar of that of him leaving. Um, Alistair Crawley's housekeeper, uh, her two children died mysteriously and abruptly. And then... This is after he left the house. Yeah. Okay. He just was like, I'm I'm gone. Good day. And then they were like, oh, cool, these kids died. And again, this could be hyperbole. It could have... Right. Right. Um, Crawley bragged <laughs> for some reason that one employee of, this, of the estate um, who had been abstaining, abstaining from alcohol while Crawley was in the building got drunk and tried to murder his entire family. Like that was a bragging point for him. I okay. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what to say to that. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, apparently the anyway the house changed hands several times and, and people always felt really weird there. Um, in 1965 there was an army major who owned the house and he committed suicide by shotgun. In 1965. You're 1965? 1965. Okay. By shotgun. By shotgun. Oh. Kirkabained it up. I know the reason I say Kurt Cobain is so we're going to talk about a rock legend. I miss Jimmy Page. Or did Qu- Kurt Cobain actually commit suicide? We're not sure. We ain't got time. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> do your research. Um. Anyway, so Jimmy Page bought that house uh, in in a 1975 interview with Rolling Stone. Mm-hmm. This is what he said. <laughs> I could do it. If I was- it was Jojo. His <laughs> I won't though. It was also a church that burned to the ground with the congregation in it. Strange things have happened in that house that had nothing to do with Crowley, but the bad va- the bad vibes are here. A man was beheaded here, and sometimes you can hear his head rolling down the stairs. Oh my god! Oh my god! Right? Or. Jimmy Page's kid was just like dropping his bouncy ball down the stairs. Jimmy Page was so scared of that house, he told his friend he can live there and he moved the fuck out. Yeah. That's all. Or his <laughs> child was just fucking with sure. Him. Um, does he even have kids? I'm sure he has many. I <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. He's probably my dad. <laughs> oh man. That would explain why I'm so good we're at all- guitar. We're all <laughs> we are all Jimmy Page's children. Aren't we? That's what we're getting at. I want to take you to another weirdo location. We're going to go to the home of Evangeline Adams. This okay. Is in a, she sounds nice. She, well, no. She, <laughs> <laughs> she's from, uh, this house was in Hebron, New Hampshire. Now, mm-hmm. um, Evangeline uh, Adams was a very famous psychic at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So psychic charlatan whatever, uh, she did. Um, she wrote books on astrology. Okay, just well, there's debate that she was probably just trying to cash in. I mean, I feel like a lot of people in that business, yes, might be doing that. <laughs> yeah, right, you heard it right here. Oh, I know. <laughs> uh, in 1916, Alister Crowley spent four months at the home of Evangeline Adams. Um, he at that time he did a double down on. Cocaine, heroin, sex, magic, and prolonged rituals. <laughs> yeah. He thought he wasn't doing it enough, and so he shut himself in for four months to get her done. <laughs> when he was there, he was writing uh, He wrote some poetry and magi- magical instruction. Please tell me you have a poem. I don't. Oh. I actually had one on here, and then I was like, we don't have time. Okay. Um, while he was there... The internet, everybody. Yeah. The internet. Coked to the Gills. By the way, his poems I don't even think are safe the air. Uh, they're, I, no. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're not. <laughs> they're definitely not. Uh, while he was there, Coked to the Gills, he ghostwrote some of uh, Evangeline Adams' books. Mm-hmm. He just was like, fuck it, I'll write your books on astrology. She's like, cool, thanks. <laughs> I'm out of ideas. And he just, I have to iron my scarves. <laughs> <laughs> you know she I had have these. this pile of wax that needs, <laughs> that need wicks. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Um, next place is Esopus Island in Hyde Park, New York. Okay. Now, Alistair Crawley, weirder that he was, took a magical with a K retreat and decided to spend 40 days and 40 nights. Does that sound familiar? Okay. Oh my God. Yep, on a tiny, <laughs> tiny island in the Hudson River. Okay. Yep. Um, he, his mission when he was there was to translate the, uh, doubted doubted chin a fourth century Chinese philosophical text. Okay. Um, you killed that pronunci- pronunciation, by the way. <laughs> you <laughs> did. Yeah. You okay. nailed it. All right. Well done. Um, so Crowley didn't actually bring much food with him, but he packed a shitload of uh, red paint and he went to work painting, uh, <laughs> graffiti on the island's rocks I thought he was, like, huffing the paint. I mean, <laughs> listen. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't I've have got a cocaine, heroin, and red paint. What more do I need? <laughs> Curious and families. And river water. Right? To stay hydrated. Yikes. <laughs> Curious families um, came over to watch the bald-robed man on the island <laughs> doing this, and they were kind enough to row across and bring him food. Oh. Also... Some people knew, some of his fans uh, knew he was mm-hmm. there, and they brought him drugs. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, uh, who uh, said New Yorkers were rough people? They're so thoughtful. That's so nice. I actually have it right here. He was also visited by artists who uh, also brought him food and drugs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My types are people. <laughs>
0: He needs us to stay awake and keep moving. Um, he needs to paint with the red oh my God, so uppers, good. downers, uppers, blues, reds. I'm not doing Valley of the Dolls. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway, while while he was on the island, whether true or not, he reported Alistair Crowley did reporting uh, reported experiencing visions. Uh, Bec- like because Jesus. he was on drugs and he was starving. Yes. But 40 days, okay, sorry. Yep, no, so he basically, like, uh, said right back that he had that Jesus-y experience. He said he was, like, maybe famous people, like the um, Taoist um, legend uh, uh, Geishuan, Mm -hmm. uh, Renaissance uh, Pope Alexander VI, and alchemist Alessandro Cagolastro, and also the magician uh, Alphys Levi. Okay. Yeah. I know all of the audience knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> we don't need to explain who any of those people are. Nope. <laughs> um, next place I'll take you to is the, uh, Boca do Inferno. This is in, um, casque, Portugal. Okay. When I say Cascade, I'm not actually sure how to say it. It's C A S C A I S. So it could be literal Casca S or just Casque. um, it's probably Cascais. Okay. Cascais. Cascais. Yeah. They pronounce their Ah, yes. Uh, when, <laughs> okay. So Crowley is famous enough to, has, to have faked his dad. Okay. Okay. So this like is, Elvis. Yep. Yeah. So this is a story about that. Like this is pretty fucking awesome. So he went to Portugal in 1930 and he was super annoyed by his uh, mistress. Um, So he decided to go to the Boca de Inferno, which means the mouth of hell, and uh, pretended he committed suicide. Okay. Yep. His friend, who was a poet, his name was Fernando Pessoa, um, handed a Crowley suicide note to the newspapers uh, that had like magical symbols and all sorts of shit on it. It was actually in the original Portuguese. And this is what it said. Can't live without you. The other mouth of hell that will catch me won't be as hot as yours. Oh, man. Yeah, dude. Oh, man. Girl. I can't live <laughs> if living is without you. I mean, how hot is that? That is that is smoking hot. Dude can write. I can't live. <laughs> Sorry. No, you keep saying. Because oh, so that is some hotness. Right. Um, the burn of it all. Is that three weeks later he just kind of showed up in Berlin? <laughs> <laughs> He's not good at that. No, he was like, um, "I'm Berlin." <laughs> <laughs> he could have just ghosted her. Yeah. No, no well, they didn't have text then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he literally like committed to to commit suicide at the hottest place on earth, which is like wait, wait, it's the mouth of hell. And he said, can't live without you. The other mouth of hell that will catch me won't be as hot as yours. I'm in Berlin. (laughs) Ooh. Like, how does that make you as his mistress feel? Like, he, like, faked his suicide to break up with you because he thinks that you're so miserable. Yeah. (laughs) By the way, he's, like, doing sadism on you and making you do crazy things. And he's like, I don't know how to tell her I'm disinterested. (laughs) Super clingy. I just can't shake. Oh, man. Oh, man. She likes I've, like, proposed, Jeez. like, the most craziest, so nasty stuff. It. She loves everything. Yep. She loves it all. Can't shake her. <laughs> that is the definition of on my jock. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Um, That's so good. through so, <laughs> Berlin! <laughs> I'm going to take you to the Abbey of the Lima. <laughs> which is in uh, Kefalu, Italy. Mm-hmm. Or Kefalu, I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> so this is weird. I, I, I not Suddenly, I'm being weird. Um, <laughs> Crowley's magical career uh, uh, came to a peak in this um, Sicilian town. He actually had. He got himself an abbey. <laughs> um, it was the abbey of Philema. He's like, finally, I've been yep. building up to this. So <laughs> he, he moved his two lovers, these are both women, and their small children, in, and some of his followers into this um, house facing the Mediterranean Sea. They had a common room dedicated to the ritual practices and held a secret, uh, a scarlet, not secret, sorry, scarlet magic circle marked with the sign of the major Thelemic deities. Crowley called his bedroom the Room of Nightmares. And it was entirely hand-painted by himself with a cultist... Um, Basically, like, very sexually explicit erotic frescoes, hermaphrodite goblins, and monsters. That totally sounds like a place where I want to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'd go there. He would send you there on your vision quest. Oh, and basically, it was kind of like one of those things. like everyone, not for sexy time. No. Well, okay. I mean, he had sexy time there. Okay. It was kind of like, to me, it sounds like a bit of, like, an ayahuasca... Yeah, yeah. ...nightmare. Yeah. Like, if you could cut it, uh-huh. you could get it. Okay. You know, since he painted them, like he gave a shit. He was right. Like, I'm just, a, I'm just a guy. But people who watched in there was like, oh, it's like being, yeah. I'm, I'm just a cool. guy painting some goblins, looking for a girl who thinks this is okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I gotta commit suicide now. This chick <laughs> fucking loves me. She's way too into it. Um, actually, the the period was uh, his allegedly one of his most prolific and happy uh, times of his life, even though. He was still doing drugs. <laughs> Never stopped. Nope. Don't stop count. Nope. Um, this is sad. He, in 1922, he had a lover named Raul Loveday who's going to come up a little bit later. Um, he tragically died of uh, typhoid fever oh. from drinking contaminated spring water. Was it from the Hudson River? No, this was in Italy. <laughs> okay, But like when you he said that, I was like, huh, interesting. Yeah. Um, Loveday had a wife, even though he was with Crowley. Right. Um, and she blamed Alistair Crowley and she said his liver failed because of cat's blood, drinking cat's blood. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Well, you had me until yeah. you were killing cats. I didn't. And now I'm out. Yeah, Nope. I didn't do it. Um, Crowley and his peeps were uh, evicted by Mussolini. <laughs> Remember him? Um, maybe. Yeah, in 1923, <laughs> he was like, I ain't got time for you. And he sent them a packing. Uh, once the abbey closed, the villagers got rid of the murals and got rid of him. Okay. Yeah. Okay, one more thing to talk about. This is really, really weird. Um, Good. <laughs> <laughs> you're looking at me like, is this okay? And I'm like, yes. Okay, so we talked about being a reperologist before, which, I mean, let's just say I'm interested. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea this existed. So I'm going to talk about this really fast. Um, there is a connection between Alistair Crowley and Jack the Ripper. I was really hoping you were going to say this. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, okay. So this... still, still um, um, nobody has confirmed or been able to uh, solve the Jack the Ripper case, in case you're wondering. Well, here's what's interesting. He was not a part of the first one. Okay. So this is this is fascinating. So this is from a book called London's Curse, Murder, Black Magic, and Tutankhamun in the 1920s West End. That's magic with a K, right? No. Ah, oh, no. This why are we even reading it? Why though? bother? Come on. Um, so historian Mark Benyon in this book, I could be saying that wrong. Sorry, Mark. Thanks for listening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he His posit is that Crawley was obsessed with the river. And that he became a copycat serial killer. Now, here's where he got me. This is Mm -hmm. so fascinating. In the 20s and 30s, 1920s and 1930s, Lennon, again, was gripped by a serial killer. So this is like years after the Jack Ripper, right? Okay. Um, Which I think was... I'm like, I'm a ripperologist. But it was like uh, 1891... Was when Jack the River was happening? Yeah. I think, it, I think started... it was actually, and the only reason I know this is because I just listened to something on Jack the River. Um, I believe it started in 1888. Mm, look it up on your phone as that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Because I feel like it's August 1891, but I could be totally wrong. So this crazy series of murders happened. Um, so London called it the-, the 1888. 1888? Okay, yep. perfect. Um, the mythical curse of Tutankhamen. Okay. Um, what had happened, of course, was that the British archeologist, Howard Carter had, um, had taken all that shit. Like, so the British museum was filled now with Egyptian stuff. Okay. Right. So they basically kind of, you can say what you want to say, but they stole it. Right. So people who were like Egyptologists and think about who would be an Egyptologist. British people. No, like, what do you mean? <laughs> Alistair Crowley. Oh, oh, I'm I'm sorry. I no, go. that's okay, okay, because his, re, like, his idea of, like, this religion, uh, Osiris. And yeah, Isis okay, and got it, got it, got Horus and all this stuff was, like, so right. they, they, so the idea here is he was so outraged. Um. By the way, now that you say that, uh, I think Alistair Crowley was only 13 the first, or 14, that's why they thought maybe that uh, woman he first had sex with became one of the victim. Right. And and that's why I brought it up was that if yeah. he's having sex with these, these sex workers and going into the, um, what is it? Chapel, uh, white chapel. White chapel. Um, and, uh, it, it which was probably a possibility that mm-hmm. he was going over there because that was basically like the red light district, right? More or less. Or like the yeah. equivalent, mm-hmm. um, there, there's like significant ties there. That's why I asked. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. Okay. No, so sorry. But no, you're great. And thank you for getting me right on the date. Um, and that's only because I was... Like, no, no I'm funny like, I like I was felt just like an asshole. asshole. I was like, oh, I'm supposed to be a referral, just I can't remember. No, no, that's um, okay. It's awful. mostly because... Hey, guys, it's because I've been talking about Alistair Crowley for an hour 20 minutes. It's <laughs> fine. I mean, I've faltered on the... Also, the, we drink on this show. I don't if like you that. Yeah. Um, I faltered on the Roswell Rancher, whose name I still can't remember, and I grew up learning about that Girl, stuff. I did a whole Salem witch where I fucking shot the we're really good at this. You we, guys. We, we're kicking ass. You like it. Um, so anyway, long story short, uh, this author, um, historian Mark Bainian, uh paints a picture of Alistair Crowley as a dangerous schizophrenic, and there's sort of slight proof that maybe he murdered his servants when he lived in India, and he was thrown out of India. It is proved that he was thrown out of India. Oh. I don't know anything about his him murdering his servants. I but, mean, but, anyway, that that would. I'm sorry. But with the cocaine and heroin abuse, like, with schizophrenia, if he's self-medicating. Uh-huh. Or that just might be, like, he's abusing heroin and cocaine and, and, like, just completely wackadoo. Yeah. Shoopy-doopy, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Allegedly, Carly was obsessed with Jack the Ripper, and he wrote numerous essays and poems about him. Now, this is the most exciting thing that I've ever read, because... People forget about Walter Sickert. Walter Sickert was one of um, the sort of one of the people who they thought maybe Jack the River was, and no one talks about him really at all. But I just, don't like, even know his name. He was a famous artist, and he probably was Jack the River, and he got away with it and actually continued to serial kill around Britain. So this we're going to, you're going to tell me everything about him after this. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to finish all these drinks and talk about it without people. Um, sorry. (laughs) Um, Crowley socialized with Ripper suspect Walter Sickert, And, um, from talking to him, allegedly he used that killing spree as inspiration for his own efforts years later. Um, Crowley wrote in his diaries that he believed the locations of the Ripper victims, um, in 1888, whoops, um, formed a pentagram, right? Which is that. Yeah. Yeah. Five, five pointed star. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is fucked up. So going back to the curse of Tutankhamen, uh, more than 20 people linked to the opening of the Pharaoh's burial chamber, burial chamber in Luxor in 1923. They just all bizarrely died over the following years, right? Mm-hmm. They just died, but six of them died in London. Okay. So the gods and goddesses of Crowley's, uh, religious philosophy, were drawn from that Egyptian religion, and he believed himself to be a prophet controlled by the ancient Egyptian god Horus. So, what Banyan says, it's likely that he would have found the evacuation sacrilegious, and he states that Alistair Curley killed the following people. Raoul Loveday in February 1923. That was his lover? Yep. So that was the liver-damaged person. but Right, but this, okay. They were like, mm-hmm. Prince Ali Kamal Fahmé Bey in July of 1923. Aubrey Herbert in September of 1923. Uh, Captain Richard Bethel in November of 1929. It was a bit of a quiet period. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord Westbury in February of 1930. Edgar Steele in February of 1930. And Sir Ernest Wallace Budge in November of 1934 those are the deaths that this author has decided posthumously and with some best and loose facts to paint on our guy. Huh? Yeah. All right. Any, do we, who are these people in relation to him? Do you know other than Raul? He knows them. They were part of like his sex ring or part no. of like, followers or no, he would God. rub elbows with them socially. Okay. But most of it was based on for him, the idea that they had all been involved in the excavation of, uh, King Tutankhamen's, uh, grave. Okay. Therefore they deserved to die. Okay. And, um, uh, remember this was a huge thing. Like in London at the time, the way that the wave of the river uh, case came over, they were, they called it London's curse. Um, people were dying. 20 people died. Right. Um, who were on this case and they were like, what is it? The Egyptian curse? What's going on? Um, of course with every curse, Egyptian or not, there's probably a man behind it. So, or a human, you know, uh, sorry guys, man, sexist, um, human. (laughs) Um, okay. But with, so with these deaths, were they, was there any type of like, um, they were semblance weird. of, uh, the Ripper or where no. they were like massacred that way or no, they, they were not random. They weren't cut, uh, from left to right. And then neck, okay. so they weren't like disemboweled or, or almost beheaded and there okay. were no or- organs stolen, but they, they had uh, a rhythm and a pattern to them. Okay. And so what I will do, um, online by the way, I love that, like, we're so far into it. I didn't even know I'd have time to get to this. So I will put online exactly the relationships. Um, but he had access to all of them, which mm-hmm. is why this person was able to sort of map this out. Okay. This is alleged, of course. So I mean, it could never be right, proved. Right, right, right. Um, but um, they all died in very strange ways that tie them to Alistair Crowley and the city of London. hmm So. Okay. Noelle... Last but not least, I will leave you on the weirdest thing that I read on the internet. Yay. (laughs) I told Noelle when she walked in that I told her this factoid and I said I couldn't possibly say it on the podcast because it's ridiculous. And I said, (laughs) I think it would be irresponsible not to include this alleged rumor People will find it because they're going to, they're going to leave this episode and they're going to go to the internet and they're going to Google Alistair Crowley and they're going to be like, how dare they not include this alleged rumor about (laughs) Alistair Crowley. Right. So please. Okay. Jay. One of my favorite women. (laughs) Former first lady, (laughs) Miss Barbara Bush. (gasps) Uh huh. Married to Poppy. Poppy Bush. Yep. No nonsense, Babs yeah. Bush... Babs Bush is the alleged love child of <laughs> Alistair Crowley. I mean, like, what? Do the math. Yep, we don't know what the math is. Yeah, we, we don't know who went, but figure it out. But Babs Bush... Babs Bush, who, if you're really watching... She's definitely the boss of the family. Girl, she's got sex magic all over. Blood, sugar, sex, magic everywhere. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. She she (laughs) likes (laughs) (laughs) bootyism. So, anyway, if you know any more about the Barbara Bush, Aleister Crowley uh, connection, man. Please. uh, Please leave something on Facebook. We're High Spirit Chicago Podcast. Uh, Please email us if you want. uh, Highspiritchicago at gmail.com. Um, you can catch us on Twitter at high Spirits Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, we are, we're on the Instagram at high Spirits Chicago. We're on the Insta. Yeah. The IG. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and you can of course, uh, write things on Facebook. Yes. High spirits Chicago. Yeah. Um, I think that, I mean, I, I've indulged us in a very long, uh, history. Alistair Crowley. I hope that you're still alive yeah <laughs> there I mean there's there's so there's so much to him and he's such a fascinating person and um if if you're more interested in like the occult stuff like there's so much yeah. out there like it's
1: pretty it's really much per-
0: he's the granddaddy of all occult things yeah if ever like there's a television show there's so much stuff where like every piece of um symbiology uh sorry I said that word The uh, symbol symbology um esotericism and any sort of like weirdness can all be traced back to Alistair Crowley. Mm-hmm. Um, and I you know, we mentioned <clears throat> this at the top of the show, but, um, Anton LaVey and all of his antics going back down to right. like, Marilyn Manson. It's all, it all stems from the same yep. place. Even if you are trying to like figure out a true crime thing, like the West Memphis. Yep. Three, oh yeah. You can go all the way back to Alistair Crowley. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot, I mean, it, well, and, you did such a great job with this. Like, this is a really great, like you kind of combined everything about him, like into an hour and a half, um, which is really good. Like it, you really jam packed it all in, but there's like so much about like his childhood and like, his crazy sex stuff, like in, and, and, and so I feel like we like gave you the PG 13, maybe our rated version, sure. But there's some shit out there, Girl. so if you like that stuff, the internet. <laughs> also, be careful what you Google <laughs> it because it's intense, it's yeah. like it's craziness. Um, this guy, like, did not care, he didn't yeah. give a fuck. He done did it, he done did it as thou wilt, yes, yeah, that's you know. right. I, lo- I was listening. I know. You're the best. Hey, uh, Noel, as we, uh, bring this episode to the, uh, end, would you like to thank your sponsor? I would. I would like to thank my friend Ben for bringing this delightful bottle of wine. It's really good, Ben. Um, it's called TAT, which stands for tried and true table wine. It's awesome. Yeah. Thank and you. I like to thank um, uh, the hero that pays me, the hero that slays me, the <laughs> anti-hero from revolution brewing, oh tastes like hops oh um, look at you <laughs> I know mm-hmm. um thank you so much for joining us today on High Spirits the show in which we uh drink booze and talk about uh ghostesses and in this case occult figures Noel just has one final thing to say to ye sweet dreams